Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Sadie Hawkins' Oh, wait, did you start? Yes, I started. Oh, oops. I'm so sleepy. Hello, everybody. What do you have to be sleepy about? We had like four days to record this. (laughs) We did. It's been so long. So (laughs) this is our summary post Orlando House of Blues Um Yeah Experience podcast. We... For anyone maybe who has been paying attention, we live in Los Angeles. We flew out to Florida. We went to the House of Blues Orlando show. We'll recount how that went. The what? So many hand gestures. You just keep <laughs> like like presenting this. Well, and then the last it was on Monday, right? And today's Friday, so really mm-hmm. it's been like five days. Monday night, Tuesday night, Wednesday night, Thursday night. Friday, oh, it goes four nights. Four nights. And we couldn't find the time to podcast. Constantly, constantly moving forward. Yeah. So here we finally are. And then... That's in, good, because we over here aren't struggling with forward motion. <laughs> that's right. And in four more days, we see Reliant K again Woo! in Boston. We're now in Massachusetts at my dad's house. He's not in the house it's, da- it's dad B&B. It's like we had his whole house to ourselves. And uh, yeah, on Tuesday, we'll be going to see Reliant K a second time. Will it take right. us twice as long to release that? No, we're going to record it on the way home on our phone <laughs> instead of waiting until we get back and have our mic that we brought with. Not our usual mic, but our backup mic. Right. So... I'm opening my notes. I did take notes from the show. So what did you have to say? How did you experience, how did you oh, no. feel about the um yeah Orlando House of Blues show, Jess? We'll talk about, you know, everything getting into it, everything getting to the show, all of that. Too packed. <laughs> That's too Jessica's main thing. That was my main thing. Not enough masks, way too packed. <laughs> yeah. It was a super huge show. I th- apparently, it was not only sold out, it was oversold. <laughs> apparently it was the biggest night of the tour. So far, if not, it may turn out to be the biggest night of the tour. The crowd was great. Everybody was just like super enjoying it, super vibing. But yeah, just way too like wall to wall people everywhere you went. Line around the building down further into Disney Springs, as it is called now. So let's go chronologically. Okay. So we got to downtown Disney. The, the This House of Blues is located on Disney property. It's located yeah. in Disney Springs. It's now called Disney Springs. It's like the free shopping and entertainment district at Disney Orlando. There's a similar... There's a downtown Disney at the Disneyland in Los Angeles. They also used to have a House of Blues. But the House of Blues moved off of Disney property and went somewhere else in Anaheim. Yeah. This one's still located on Disney property. So we got there early... Uh, and we were staying at a Disney hotel. We had lunch at the Disney Springs. We walked around. We checked it out because we remember it back when it was downtown Disney. And Jessica was very upset at all the changes <laughs> they made. I guess we don't need to get into that. Um, if we ever if we ever do a crossover with David Park's other podcast about Disney parks, we you could do a downtown Disney follow that, up. That podcast is called David Park's Disney Parks. For anyone wondering. It's called Please Be Seated. Remain Seated, Please. It's called Remain Seated, Please. For real. Um, anyway, so then we finished our lunch. We finished walking around. We're like, okay, we've got about 
five hours until the show. Let's go check into the hotel. No, maybe, wait, 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 wait. We have about four hours to the show. Sorry. We had about four hours to the show. Let's go check into our hotel. Our hotel is not ready when checking. Is this necessary? Sure. Okay. Our hotel is not ready. This is our podcast. This is our I, I mean, audio journal of our experience with Reliant K. All right. And all of you out there get to call us and give us your stories yes. at 402-95-SADIE. Perhaps about try and keep them a little more concise. <laughs> this is our podcast, though. We get to be as unconcise as we want. So then we get to the hotel and we they are late checking us in. So we finally get in. We enjoy the pool for a little bit. And this is all, you know, this is all setting up to a point. We enjoy the pool okay. for a little bit. And then we're like, okay, time to get ready. Let's go to the show. In the meantime, I have message with John Schneck. And he's like, oh, you know, hoping to see you because he knows that we're coming to the Orlando show. And he's like, oh, you can meet up uh, over here. I'm with my dad outside the venue. So we go over there as we get back to Disney Springs. And there he is. And no one's noticed that it's John Schneck and his dad. And we talk to him because, you know, we're not right by the venue and we wish I wish we had been right by the venue because we would have known the next part of the story (laughs) but we are talking with John Schneck and it goes great and he gave us some stories that maybe we'll talk about in future episodes we can go over those but super nice super nice nice that he took time out to say hello and And then he and his dad were like okay we're gonna go off this way they said they talked to us for a little bit it was great it was amazing thank you to John and his dad and then they go off and we're like, okay, well, let's walk, you know, back towards the front of the venue. So we get to the front of the venue and the people at the venue are like, no, the line's over there. And we're like, oh, okay, so we walk around the building and we walk around the building and we walk and around we the building. going. And then there is basically the sidewalk that leads all it. I did the, I literally, I went on Google Maps. If you saw our Instagram stories. It was 0.3 mile miles long. It was a third of a mile long, all the way like halfway across, a third across Disney Springs itself. The line went, and it was like, oh my gosh, we're not getting in. <laughs> right, we were like, are we gonna miss somewhere? Oh no! And what was amazing is that when the line got moving, it really got moving. It yeah. moved very quickly. I thought it was gonna take a long time. Plus, it was like you had to have a COVID test. Or a vaccine to get in. Yeah. And a lot of people didn't seem to know that. And they had people going up and down the line. You would get one wristband for your drinks and one wristband for your COVID proof. <laughs> and they had people already going up the line giving out the COVID wristbands. Yeah, so they were kind of like pre-working it yeah. as they were kind of taking tickets and getting in there. So we got in yeah. with half an hour before Semler started at 7.30. But then we immediately got in the merch line. <laughs> So we got out of the line to get in a line. And then we were about fifth in line for merch when Semler started. So yeah. I went off and got a little bit because she immediately started with the song that I don't remember the name of right Toby now. Toby Mac. Toby Mac, thank you. That references Reliant K. And I'm like, I can't miss the Reliant K line in the, in the Toby Mac song. Right. So I go and I get that. And then we I run back. We get the merchandise, and then we go downstairs, and my favorite spot in a show, if I can't get to the front, which by now we can't get to the front because the place is already packed because there were so many people ahead of us in line. My favorite spot is to be near the sound booth because that's the best sound in the house. So we managed to sort of like shove our way in between some people 
on the kindly, stairs. Kindly, kindly. Of course. There were I saw spaces and I'm like, that's not as packed as the rest of the place yet. And people don't know that's a good spot. So we're under the balcony behind the sound booth. And if you saw our Instagram stories, that's where we were. And it was a great spot. Of course, my iPhone camera makes it look like we're a little further away, but we were pretty close. Mm -hmm. If if you saw the stories, they look further away. So then Reliant K takes the stage, and it was amazing. They sounded great. They sounded as good as they have ever sounded. Honestly. Absolutely. And I just wanted to go back to Semler for a minute, who was also outstanding. Right. Like, super great, super enjoyable, and the crowd was really good. The crowd was very polite. There was no, like, heckling or anything. You don't own Florida. It could go either way. Right. So it, it, it was really great, and I was even standing, and I tweeted this out, that I was standing in front of some, like, youth group bros, and they were, like, the whole time going, wow, this is poetry. <laughs> They were really like, touched. This is amazing. They were like genuinely touched and like really vibing. They were like, who is this artist? Who is this artist? Right. And so it was really great to, to just see that and and to to look at other people really connecting with the lyrics and the music and who had like not even heard Semler before. And I thought that that was just really beautiful. I didn't really think of that, that there'd be a lot of people who, while there were obviously people at the announcement of her touring with Reliant K had their reactions and then people saying like saying bullshit like Reliant K isn't real Christian anymore or whatever. I forgot during all of that being part of the online Reliant K community that there would be probably a larger percentage of people there who had no idea who she was, who probably weren't following the news, who just saw Reliant K. Maybe they got their song kick or their bands in town notifications that Reliant K is touring. And they're like, oh my gosh, Reliant K is touring. Yeah. So then they just go and buy a ticket and they didn't realize who Semler was. So that's amazing that I didn't really think of how many people she's going to reach on this tour. So, yeah, I'm glad you went back because I completely forgot. So after we got our merch and we missed, you know, we could we could hear the first couple similar songs, but we weren't watching them. We go downstairs. We get our sound behind the sound booth standing section where we stood. And we still get to see more than half of the rest of similar set. Jessica was on my left and she's next to these like youngerish people who were, like, clearly still, like, in, like, youth... They were youth- bros. They were bros. They were total bros. Like, Christian bros, but who were, like, <laughs> totally into the message and, like, the attitude of Semler's music and the poetry of it. On my right was a guy with a skillet haircut, with a John Coop- Cooper current <laughs> skillet haircut, like, the bushy beard. Oh, my gosh, and he'll come up later. Yeah, like, the bushy beard. Not literally, he was not no, there. No, he wasn't there. But it will come up. You know, the the bushy beard, but with the shorter sideburns and then like the kind of like up the, the, the hair on top, the way they do the hair on top. It's all the Chris Carabba, the, the kind of fade with the taller hair on top. You know, the pump. I don't know. You know what I'm talking about. Yeah. He had the skill here. But I was going to say Chris Carabba also kind of has that haircut nowadays. <laughs> but we, So it's the potentially problematic. Well, Chris Carabba is not problematic. Uh, he just haircut. happens to have the same kind of haircut. Gotcha, maybe he gotcha. shouldn't have it. So anyway, I'm staying next to the skillet guy. <laughs> A guy that looks like the skillet guy. And he was clearly not happy with what was happening with Semler's act. With Semler's music. Sorry, not her, not her act, but her show. He was clearly not happy with the subject matter and the subject material in her songs. But he wasn't like 
letting everyone around him know. He wasn't being rude about it. I didn't I didn't actually notice. I was that. just picking up on it. He didn't like turn around and put his back to the stage. He didn't like uh call it out in any way. He was just clearly not about it. So it was funny that we were sandwiched between two further sides of the coin. Like two some people who were discovering Semler for the first time and totally about it. And someone who uh, was hearing what it was about and realizing that they were, it, they were not happy with it. Yeah. So that was interesting. The, okay, so then Reliant K takes the stage, right? Is there anything else about Semler? I do have notes. <laughs> I don't think I have any other notes about Semler. Okay, so I did write down the set list as it was going. But the setlist, someone also uploaded to setlist.fm already, and it is correct. So if you go to setlist.fm, this was the setlist. Who I am, hit who I've been, high of 75, bummin', mountaintop, to uh, witch to berry, forget not slow down, Sahara, candlelight, uh, it's candlelight, right? <laughs> Yes. Okay. I was like, I only wrote... They the- opened with flair and right. they did candlelight. Well, that, and yeah. when we did the candlelight episode, we found that they've been doing that yeah. for years. Yeah. They've been reversing flared candlelight for a long time. That wasn't a new thing. But I got confused because I only wrote candle. And I'm like, it's called candlelight, right? Yes. Then Savannah. <laughs> then God. Then I Don't Need a Soul. Prodigal. Sadie Hawkins Dance. Chapstick, chap lips, and things like chemistry. Must have done something right. This week, the trend. Uh, what I'm waiting for. I just wrote down waiting for, and it made me think of the MXPX song Waiting for the World to End, so I got confused. And then the encore was Devastation and Reform and Be My Escape. So it's just like a solid greatest hit set list. They said you only get two songs. Right. <laughs> not three, not one. You asked for one more. We're giving you two. Right. So none of the stuff that we heard about early in the tour, like... Tyson playing a little bit of God Only Knows. Uh, Don't Blink had been played early in the tour, and that wasn't played. There was no collapsible lung at all. No. Um, I think they hit every album except collapsible lung and the first album. Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And it was like a solid greatest hits, and no Deathbed, which we already knew they weren't doing. They weren't closing the show with Deathbed. And I'm trying to think of something else. Oh, and then of course they played Chapstick, which. Malasaurus on Twitter was campaigning for and did happen in Atlanta the next night. And I, I was retweeting all about that. So that was amazing. And I'm trying to think of anything else. Savannah and there was, was a big one, which apparently they had not been playing earlier in the tour. Which Oh, Savannah, right. Yeah. I did see a tweet from someone that I didn't write it down who they said, please play Savannah. They weren't campaigning for it. They just replied. They just wrote to Reliant K and said, please play Savannah. And the Reliant K account, or Hoops directly, I think it was the Reliant K account, said, we're working on it. So apparently, I think that they did not prepare that, or they weren't fully done prepared. I guess we could ask Schneck or someone else we might be able to text uh, or did say at the end of it, he was like, oh, and that's what happens when you haven't practiced a song much or something like that. So So they must have only been practicing it between legs of the tour, I'm guessing then. Or they just hadn't had enough but full Schneck time. But still had the mandolin out there. So they said that. So he said like, but Savannah sounded great. I don't know what. amazing. I don't know what went wrong. <laughs> but when they finished yeah. playing Savannah, who, uh, yeah, was it Hoops or Teeson who it said Thiessen. that? I know you said that, but I already forgot. 
Keeson said that's what happens when you don't practice the song enough. But I'm like, what are you talking about? It sounded fine. Then again, when we saw Lana Del Rey a couple years ago and she got really pissed at the sound guy because something was wrong. And then like she made it, she kind of made like a passive aggressive thing about it and was like, we have to stop the show to do a sound check right now. And they literally did that. I had no idea what was wrong. I was like, I don't know what's wrong. Danny was like, I think this is built in. I think she's just doing this. And I was like, I don't I don't know. And he's like, no, I think she's just trying to show off or something. I thought it was like a fake moment where she, she's like, I there's mean, something. It was not too long after that bad but it was SNL uh, <laughs> debacle. So. Right. But it was real. I, yeah. I, I heard later that it was real. Yeah. So I don't know what went wrong with Savannah that Tyson said, but it sounded great. It sounded fine. And then there was a moment where uh, it, when it opens, because Dave's drumming, Ethan goes over with two more drumsticks and hits on the sides of the drum set. So you kind of get that clangy Savannah percussion opening. And so it's the two, the, the two most, you know... Uh, longest serving reliant k drummers drumming together on the same drum set it was yeah. really because especially when they were when this lineup was announced and everyone was like uh you know is there going to be a drum riser battle between dave and ethan and right. like no there's not really going to be anything like that and even we asked and people were wondering like would there be a moment where you yeah you asked it it was in your questions would ethan take the drums for one song would dave come out for anything and the answer was like no but they did drum together on Savannah on the same drum set. Yeah, yeah. It's like Ethan was, I don't know if I described it well enough if you didn't see the images, but, or been on the scene played on the tour, but Ethan is standing pretty much to the side of the drum set. He's not behind the drum set with Dave and he's drumming on the sides of trying Kind of trying set. to get that like trash can sort of sound right. that they have in there. Yeah. And speaking of Dave, Jessica had a note that it didn't seem like Dave was doing background vocals. I mean, like, he was singing. Like, they were all singing. They were all doing sort of backup. Except okay. Schneck. He had a microphone, but he kept twisting it around to face the audience. <laughs> so I don't right. think he ever actually stood behind it. So maybe... Yeah, I didn't necessarily notice. And he didn't do definitely his lead. call up if you, like, have been on the tour and did see him and I just didn't clock it. Like, that I was trying to pay attention, and I was like, in the parts where I think he sings lead on like the Like, especially albums, who I am. Yeah. I didn't notice him, like, doing those parts. It seemed like Tyson was just doing all of the main vocals. Okay. Okay. Um, let me see what other notes I had. I do have a lot of notes. Oh, so... John Schneck's still getting down with the pop-punk moves. Like, right. he's, like, way, playing his guitar way down, bending those knees... And that's the thing. It's like when I went early when we started this episode. I'm like, they haven't lost a step. I don't remember being this excited or feeling this much energy from the 2016 show. And maybe that's because that was a point where people were taking Reliant K for granted. We took Reliant K for granted. Mm -hmm. We went to the Switchfoot tour to see Reliant K. Like we were, I wasn't even interested in seeing Switchfoot, but we we went to see Reliant K. It's like this is great, but we still didn't know Air for Free well enough. We still hadn't like we still didn't know forget not slow we still had not like revisited forget not slow down since it originally came out so we took Reliant K for granted on that tour and I just don't remember a palpable buzz from everyone the way it happened and that's the other thing is and you also only had the mats at that time as well you did right. not have that full band feel or I I think Dave was there as well it but was it just Dave didn't, on the tour, it yeah. just didn't feel as like you know. But it was, like, it was still really K. It was still really K, but it didn't feel quite, didn't have quite the same feel to it. Yeah. So, I, I, one other thing I 
I'm glad I thought of this. I didn't write this down. Everyone was moving. Everybody in the venue yeah. was moving. Like, and I guess that's one thing that was different between seeing them in 2016 is like not everyone was moving around and dancing for Reliant K, but everyone was bobbing and dancing the entire venue. I mean, they were headlining. That's who everyone was there to see. Yeah, that's true. But like, I just don't remember this. It was just like a complete energy throughout the entire venue. As much as I agree with Jessica that the mask situation and the number of people was very uncomfortable, just to see that many people crowded in there to see Reliant K, if you could forget the fact that we are still in a pandemic, (laughs) it was amazing to see that many people and not a single person wasn't happy and feeling the buzz from the energy. And then they brought it all. They brought all the energy like it's 2009, 2010. Like they're still the exact same band with the exact same energy. And yeah, John Schneck, John Schneck kind of felt like the lifeblood of it. Like he, he didn't, he hasn't missed a beat. And I know I didn't think about that when I, that he, that he, that he had fallen in uh, Houston. Yeah. Right. I had forgotten (laughs) about that. Other than that, but that is something that you, but he didn't, but he didn't miss a beat. He literally didn't miss a beat. (laughs) He like rolled over, got right back up. Yeah. He didn't, he didn't like just lay there or like, ah, stop the song. I hurt myself. (laughs) He kept going. So he literally hasn't missed a step. And like Ethan, you can tell this is what he does. Like he is a he is a musician. He is a touring musician. Right. This is his job. This is what he does like every single night. And they were having fun on stage. There were cute little there were little things. Like there was one point, I don't remember what song it was. I'd have to think about it, but it was a piano heavy song where the guitars are pulled back a little bit. And Ethan just like goes behind the piano and puts his fa- puts his chin down on top of the piano, and then Tyson bops his like touches his nose with his finger, <laughs> like they were flirting on stage. So they were all happy to be there. It was great. Yeah, it was definitely a lot of fun. Everybody was out there having fun. Uh, so to go back to how packed the place was, it according to the internet, it's a fifteen hundred person venue. So when I tweeted about how packed it was, I saw, all I knew was it's a 1,500-person venue. But then Sean Palmer, who's their current front-of-house guy, um, he said it was 2,180 people. And I know for a fact, like, because... Not every- cool, House of Blues. <laughs> Just because everyone is vaccinated or has a negative test does not mean... They cannot spread it and cannot catch it and have long-term <laughs> effects from it. Right. So, um, I love that everybody got to see Reliant K that wanted to see Reliant K, right? But yeah, it was a little bit, I was one of those things, it was a little bit nerve wracking. I definitely, I, I'm hoping that Boston is not sold out. I know it's a smaller venue, so I'm hoping to kind of uh, not be as nervous because I was definitely very nervous. Yeah. I was, uh, which was, did take away a little bit for me personally. Well, the Boston show will be at the Paradise, which is a club I've only been to once in my life when I lived here, and it was to see P.O.D. So I'll see. So Was that the number one reason to go to the Paradise that week, Danny? Oh, like it's Morongo? P.O.D. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. We talk about the Morongo commercials in Los Angeles, the casino commercials. The reason we fell in love with the Morongo radio commercials is because one of the first ones we heard when we moved to Los Angeles was like the number one reason to come to Morongo this weekend, P.O.D. (laughs) 
He's playing at the Morongo <laughs> Casino. One's relying. See, Relying K's not playing casinos. Good for them. <laughs> <laughs> Could you imagine? Relying K doesn't stand for casinos. Relying K doesn't stand for things like gambling or smoking. <laughs> we might have found out that that some people in the band smoke. Not Schneck, apparently. I think I'm pretty sure not Schneck, but. Some people may, we'll talk about this in a regular episode, but it turns out they smoke the ciggies <laughs> and Jessica's very upset. <laughs> listen, listen, booze it up, gamble it up. I'm all about, screw, have, have your consensual sex. <laughs> weed. Well, what yeah. we're saying is sex, weed, alcohol. Sports money. We're not straight edge. Go but for when Jessica it. Jessica found out that, that maybe, maybe they're the, like the deathbed guys smoking, smoking their <laughs> I didn't. When we learned this, I didn't think about the deathbed connection. That crosses the line for me. <laughs> That's funny. Like they could literally smoke weed. We'd be like, cool. Awesome. Yeah. Makes sense. Right <laughs> tobacco. on. Tobacco. Tobacco. I don't know, man. Wow. Know. We'll talk about how, we we'll talk about that in the next regular episode, I think. But <laughs> but anyway, I did have another note. Oh, so I so uh, yeah, we'll talk about the par- what we're expecting next week in a second. But um, the last major thing I remember from sort of stage banter was that Tyson was like, "Here's we're gonna play one more new song, and then we'll get back to some old stuff." And then he paused for a second. He's like, uh, "Yeah, new song." Six of the albums. He meant air for free. The yeah. album is six years old at this point. And I think Hoops was like, yeah, the album's six years old. I remember when we saw the Aquabats before their current album, Kooky, Spooky, Scary, or whatever it's called, came out. They are like, here's another song from the new album, which is eight years old. <laughs> and they meant Hi-Fi Soup. Um, somebody tweeted, maybe that's something they plan to say in the show. Because I mean I'm an, I'm guessing that it's probably something that it's really, part of their their stage banter like Frank Sinatra or Blink One Eighty Two or Michael Bublé right. they say the same thing throughout the entire tour. Well, we'll get back to you after the Boston show. I'll let you know. We um, saw Michael Bublé twice on a tour, and all the stage banter was basically yep. written. But also, I talked about this before on a regular episode that I saw Blink One Eighty Two on the second Enema of the State tour. And then I would read reviews for that tour from later on. And the reviews would be typing out. They'd be explaining the stage banter. And I'm like, they said all this stuff at our show in Lowell, Massachusetts. And that was this moment where I got like disenfranchised. And I was like, oh, Blink-182 is just all their stage banter is written. Um, So Shannon Gray. Sorry. Sorry. Shannon Geary. On um, on our Facebook group, which you should check out, Sadie Hawkins group, said that uh, they were live tweeting, live, sorry, they were live memeing the St. Louis show back on February 18th. And the two memes were, I'll read the less relevant one right now. It says, uh, it's the, it's the dad joke dog or the cute, the, like the little husky, the husky. that's like, hey, I just told you a funny joke. And it says, hey, did you know? St. Louis used to be the leading manufacturer of shoes because they know a lot about arch support. Oh, so apparently I get that was a joke they said on, on the stage. I get it. 
But then the more relevant to this conversation meme is it's a picture of the Internet Explorer icon. And it says, we put out a quote unquote new record. It's called Air for Free. So I guess it's like an outdated thing that they said. So maybe that's some a joke that they kind of have in their pocket. Sure. I don't think that their stage banter is actually written. I don't feel like that's a very Reliant K thing. But if they know general ideas of jokes and things they're going to say, then when they talk about Air for Free, they joke that it's a new record. Um, but after Tyson says, we're going to play one more new song, he pauses and he's like, oh, this album's six years old. They all laugh. And then, oh, they all laugh. And then... um. And then he says, ah, maybe he's like, ah, maybe I'll make up a, n- a new song later. And in that moment, I thought he meant like, maybe I'll twiddle around with the piano yeah, and make yeah, up a goofy exactly. song. Yeah. But a lot of people thought maybe he meant like, there will be new music from Reliant K soon. Uh, which maybe he did maybe. mean it that way. I don't know. Maybe it's a matter of how you interpret the Neither phrase thing happened. later. There was no new music. Yeah. Whether impromptu no or... And there was nothing on. wrong with the sound. So there's none of that mucking around with song snippets in between right. songs like happened on the rest of the tour. There's no Ethan playing Metallica and Five Iron Frenzy and MXPX bass lines. There's none of that because that happened in other oh, shows. Oh, awesome. yeah. The show, I can't oh, remember what's... why did our show have to go so well? <laughs> exactly. Let's, uh, let's sabotage the uh, equipment for Boston. <laughs> for Boston. So then we the show's over and we go outside. And what happens outside... We meet people who actually yeah, listen to this show, and we couldn't so believe exciting. it. And we met someone during the show as well. I had been tweeting and posting on social media, hey, here's what we look like, keep an eye out for us. Not realizing there's going to be 2,000 people there, and there's no chance yeah. of us being spotted by yeah. Sorry vision, to by anyone sight. that we missed because of that, because right. it was so crowded. But Maddie is the only person who like DM'd directly, and we met inside the club. And then there were three other people. Yeah, when we went outside, we met up with Daniel, Lauren, and Andrew. Yeah. Then they saw us. We just were like, we, Jessica and I were like, we didn't get to meet anybody else. Let's just stand out front for a minute. Yeah. And people actually like said, There's, there they are. They pointed at us. Yeah, <laughs> and we, they came we should up have like, actually made like a proper meetup point, yeah. I guess. I just yeah. didn't think about it because we don't think about people actually listening to right. us. Right? And I don't think, and I was like, when people, when they were all telling us, like, I love you, like, we like your show and everything, I was like, oh, thank you. Like, and I've never been someone to like look for praise. And of course, we have. <laughs> The people who call us every week, you know, on a regular basis, and I love all of you, but to actually just get unsolicited attention, I was like, <laughs> oh. It was somewhat solicited. We promised them stickers. Right, right. We gave out stickers, and we'll have stickers in Boston as well, if you see us, so... Hopefully that will happen as well. Yeah, and then I maybe had, for Boston we will yeah. we will tweet out a, a, like a meetup point right after Spike's Junkyard Dogs. Oh, <laughs> is there one? Is that one still there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Fenway Park one. Yeah, still there? all the Spike's Junkyard Dogs. No, not the Fenway Park oh. one. The Alston one, which I think is close oh, to Paradise. Okay. I mean, it could be miles away. I don't know. Anyway, if maybe still it'll be Spike at that time. Yeah, we'll see. But uh, two notes I missed are uh, the they didn't play Mood Rings. Which was sort of surprising, but not surprising. I don't know if they... I can't remember from other set lists if they did play it earlier on the tour, but they did not I play think it. they might have. I think I might have. See, I only really, like, quickly skimmed the set list because it was not that I didn't want spoilers. I was just like, oh, I kind of want to be surprised. So, like, I was actually surprised by some of the Air for Free songs that they pulled out. I was not expecting Prodigal at all 
And I was kind of surprised by God as well. But yeah, I will take chapstick over mood rings like any day. Okay. Yeah, mood rings is not on the first. We've posted the first two nights playlists that people gave us. The first two nights uh, set lists. Like people got the paper set list and mood rings are not on. It's not on there. So they're not playing mood rings now, which of course it's like. It it, bo- it borders on becoming a problematic song, but people, women own the song. It's a favorite. But I'm 100%, just like Jessica, good with chapstick replacing mood rings. Yeah. Um, and then the other thing I wanted to mention that I forgot to mention during Semler is that Semler ended her set with a comment about the don't say gay legislation in Florida. Like she didn't name any governors, but she opened it with we're here in Florida tonight. And then she said... She shared some of her own story. She was like, I've been gay. I've known I was gay since a young age. She mentioned the actual age. I'm sorry, I don't remember the number. I don't want to misquote it. So I knew I've been gay since a young age. And I've o- I'd have only ever heard it as a derogatory thing growing up. And if you pass legislation where you force people not to be themselves in the open, they don't go away. They don't stop being that. It just makes it unhealthy. And, like, no matter how much you want to pretend gay people don't exist, they will continue to exist. And she made it very clear about this anti-statement to the Don't Say Gay legislation without mentioning it specifically by name. Everyone knew what she was saying and applauded. Yeah, got a great response, which is really great to see. Because you just... It's Florida. You just don't know. It could go either way. It's a. It's been a swing state. And right. It it leans a little bit more towards one way now, unfortunately. Yes. But, yeah. Which of course is the last thing from our the Orlando part of our story and trip was that at oh, the Disney right. Hotel, which I didn't mention, was the All Star Music Resort, which was super on brand for the whole trip. Yep. Yep. Staying in theme. They had, we were flipping around the channels before we went to sleep, and there were three different Christian shows on. I don't know if it was three Christian TV channels. None of them were to the 700 Club either. <laughs> right. But one of them was a Christian <laughs> channel. It was TBN. Yeah. Trinity and Broadcast Trin- And I'd never actually seen TBN live on television before. And it was the Kirk Cameron talk show. And... um he was interviewing John Cooper from Skillet. Yes. And I, it was like, what a way to end the night. <laughs> and it was super aggressive. He was as aggressive being interviewed by the aggressive Kirk Cameron as he's ever been on stage, posted on social media. So we what watched, a way to end it. Uh, yeah, like a minute or two when I was like, well, could not, yeah. could not take it anymore and quickly change the channel. Yeah, so I feel like we said everything about Orlando, right? So looking forward to Boston, the Paradise Rock Club, Known, famous for two things. One, I saw P.O.D. there. <laughs> and two, it's where Bim Scala Bim recorded their live album. Oh. Oh. That, that's it. That's all I know it for. Oh, and when we do mm-hmm songs on this show, the mm-hmm 10 Paradise show comes up all the time. So gotcha. it seems like this is the place they play in Boston ever since I moved away. When I used to live here, Reliant K played the Axis all the time. The, the Axis nightclub uh, is gone now. It's behind. It was behind Fenway Park on Lansdowne Street, where there were a couple of rock clubs. There was the Paradise. Nope. <laughs> That's the, nope. The Paradise is is elsewhere. That's where we're going. There was the the oh, what was it called? The Avalon. There was the Avalon, which was the bigger room 
of the Axis, which was the smaller room. There was a place called Mamakin, which was actually owned by Aerosmith or some members of Aerosmith. And there was Bill's Bar. And that's where, like, all the cool shows that I ever went to went. I saw Get Up Kids on Lansdowne Street. I saw Beginning the Kids Table multiple times. I saw Supertones and Super Chick. <laughs> I saw multiple Reliant K shows. I saw, <laughs> I saw They Might Be Giants. I saw OK Go. Um, lots of bands. Lots of bands I liked in the early 2000s that I still like today because I don't grow up musically. So now we're going to the Paradise this weekend, which I, like I said, I've only ever been to once. I took the bus there at the time. I have no idea where it is. I literally don't know where it is. I, cause I wasn't, I didn't drive there. I didn't like have it mapped out in my brain. So we'll see how it goes. Yep. What are you looking forward to other than COVID restrictions? What are you hoping for? <laughs> I don't think we're going to get it because uh, we've been walking. We've been traveling around Massachusetts today. This is our first day in Massachusetts back and no one's been wearing masks. We have. We have. Being safe. Except the old people because we went yeah, to visit my grandma today and the side of town in Burlington, Massachusetts where my grandmother lives, there's there's there are elderly communities there. There's kind of a concentration of elderly communities there. And I was like, oh, let's go to that old pancake house from my childhood, Bickford's, which <laughs> was a chain in the Northeast. Like they were in Pennsylvania and New York. I think they actually started in New York, but they became a staple in New England. They've all been going out of business. There's one. There's like two or three left in the country. One is in Burlington. We go, they're not a pancake house anymore. They've shifted the model so that they're now like a a bar and grill, but they still have breakfast all day. And everybody there was either a townie or an elderly person. (laughs) And they actually had dancing in the main bar room. Yeah. And there were elderly people, there were elderly couples dancing. It was very sweet. To like, to a guy on a keyboard playing like polka music playing and polka, take me out to the ball game. Yeah, <laughs> playing like post World War Two. Yeah, playing like fifties standards, fifties and sixties standards. Uh, what was my point? I don't know. <laughs> I thought that they were wearing masks. They were wearing masks. All the old. Thank you. That was my point. All the elderly people we've seen in Boston and Massachusetts this week. This day, this one day, have been wearing masks. But if there's a lot of old people at Reliant K, and I just and I don't just mean <laughs> the old people that still listen to pop punk and rock. So we will check in with you again. We'll hit you up after our weekend in New England. Oh, 